0: Welcome back in Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday on WDEV AM and FM at wdevradio.com Let's talk about the Red Sox, who are apparently headed for 162 and 0 this season. So joining us now is one of the voices, at least in spring training of the Red Sox, our Red Sox insider over at Nesson TC. TC, how are you? Doing well, Brady. How you doing? Excellent. The Red Sox are never going to lose. They may tie a few games along the way, apparently, but they're never going to lose
1: yeah, I, I was asking last night, when do we start the magic number countdown to the grapefruit League title? Uh, <laughs> I was assured over the weekend by Kevin Euclius that this means absolutely nothing. Uh, I disagree with that. I think it means a little something, but it doesn't mean they're going to win the American League East.
0: Let me start with some of the uh, health related questions. Let's get the negative stuff out of here first. What do we know about Justin Turner? We know the sixteen stitches, but what does that translate to is to when we'll see him again?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, and can he adapt to, uh, you know, you know call Jalen Brown and get the face mask or, or you know, the, the C-flap, as they call it? I mean, we'll see. You know, we we're, in a, were taking on the Braves last night. I got to talk to Kevin Pillar. If you remember two years ago at yeah. the Mets, he got drilled, and he had broken bones. Uh kind of came away, I think, worse than Turner did. He was back two weeks to the day. Now, that's regular season. I don't know that you need to rush Turner to get back to spring training. That said, opening day is three weeks from tomorrow, which is crazy. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, it's really too early. I don't want to straddle the fence on you. It's really too early. I will be surprised if he has enough time to get fully back to speed, but I don't think he'll be far off from opening day if he's not ready.
0: What about the injured Red Sox starting pitchers? Uh, Whitlock, we know, is just starting pitcher's fielding practice isn't throwing in live games yet bayo we haven't heard anything about him paxton with the hamstring where are we at on the injured rotation numbers
1: so whitlock threw, i believe an inning of live bp yesterday his next step will be two innings of live bp followed by his first start so that's nine days from now right if you're staying on a five-day rotation uh which means and i can't do math very well but if we have 22 days left uh, that gives you you know take 10 days off that so he's got time to make three starts maybe I don't think that's quite enough but it's pretty close so you know maybe he's a week late if you're following that with no further setbacks and again that's just my timetable not theirs uh, Brian Bayo threw, I think I heard 40 pitches yesterday just just th- and, and felt good today's big day get there and see how he feels after throwing yesterday. I think his next step will be that first live VP. And Paxton's just beginning. He's growing, he's moving, he's up on his feet, that's good. Uh, But really no timetable at all there.
0: So Tanner Houck seems a lock to start the season in the rotation. Does he? He seems to think he is. He was talking to MLB Network Radio the other day like he's going to be a starter.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting last night. Cora told us, you know, he's been kind of yanked around a little bit by us because of necessity the last couple of years. And 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 said last night, he said, you know, now he knows his, his role and he knows what he's gonna be doing. So and and so what's his role? He's like, Well, I'm not gonna tell you guys just because I told him. I see, I don't know that he's gonna be a starter. I know he wants to be a starter, but I think I think Cutter Crawford's ahead of him if you're talking about the the because oh because at this moment in time. Tanner Houck still needs to prove that he can go deeper through a game, that he can have success against the lineup the second and third time through. The numbers, you know, you expect him to be a little worse second time you face a lineup, third time you face, His are at, you know, it's like a batting average of 100 first time, 400 the second time. And he doesn't have much of a third time resume at all because uh, he doesn't last around that long. So I think right now, the value of him being able to pitch three innings, piggybacking a starter, especially at the beginning of the season when guys can't go as deep, uh, and and maybe being available one day earlier instead of a five-day rotation, that could be more valuable. So I, I don't know that even with the injuries, I'm not sure. Now, again, a couple of good starts in spring training, and he looked pretty good yesterday. Yesterday was a really good step forward for him. Uh, if he could build on that, he could prove me wrong. But I think right now, uh, I you know I think Cutter Crawford and Josh Winkowski are right there battling with him for that fifth spot.
0: Red Sox Insider over at Ness and Tom Karen, live from spring training here at the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I'm curious about the battle for the final outfielder spot because Verdugo, Yoshida and Duvall, I have just assumed were locks. And then I had assumed Ref Snyder is the fourth outfielder. Durant's had a good spring. Tapia's had a pretty good spring. Is there any chance that one of those guys makes the team and Ref Snyder becomes the utility infielder until Mondesi is ready? How, how would that work?
1: Yeah, that could happen. <clears throat> and there's also, you know, with, with uh, Connor Wong's hamstring injury kind of opens the door now for Alfaro to make this team as a catcher. But if everyone's healthy, Alfaro plays a little first base, with Justin Turner injured, if if he's going to miss the beginning, that opens the door for him to play. That opens the door for maybe Dahlbeck to make the team out of camp. You know, there's a lot of that. But to the outfield, I'm with you. I thought it was a set four-man uh, group. Uh, they love Tapia, and he's looked really good so far in camp. Uh, and and so you know, and I know last year, Rob Refsnyder said the biggest change. He said this to me in an interview last year. The biggest change with why he thought he was playing so well and hitting so well is that he finally didn't have to play infield. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm an outfielder. I And then, you know, a couple days ago, of course, like, well, you know, Ref Snyder can play some infield. <laughs> I might <laughs> want to talk to him because I don't think yeah. he's crazy about it. But but he can. And if that means he makes the team, he will. Uh, and and so, yeah, I, there's a, there, I could see a scenario that both Ref Snyder and Tapia make this team.
0: Let's talk about the Bruins briefly. They are on historic pace, first to 100 points. They are... They are dominating. Just find a way to keep on winning. I think they haven't lost at least in their last 10 here. Uh, trade deadline moves they made. They go get Orlov. They go get uh, Hathaway. they uh losing the other big piece that they got, oh, the Bertuzzi move. Uh, what would you think of what the bees did at the deadline and how it sets them up in a pretty stacked Eastern Conference right now?
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, they're the best team in the NHL, maybe the best regular season team in the history of the NHL. <clears throat> and they're going to hit the playoffs. With uh, it, I've told you this—an extraordinary amount of pressure. Because does that pressure
0: come it. from the external pressure of living up to history, or does it come from the internal pressure of, once again, this could be the last ride with this core?
1: Oh, I think it's all of the above, <clears throat> but I think it begins <clears throat> with the external pressure of of the the hockey world saying, you know. Is this the undefeated Patriots going into the playoffs, going into the Super Bowl, where, you, where you, you know, you've you won everything you can win and set every record you can set in the regular season, but now you've got to prove you're a playoff team. And the East is stacked, as you said. So they went out and made some moves. Orlov's been really, really good for this team. And I think Hathaway is the kind of guy who, who really makes a difference in a playoff series, grinding teams down uh, as he comes out there and gives the top two lines of rest. You know, Zach Kelly, a pitcher down here with the Red Sox, is a, he's from Roanoke, Virginia, and he grew up a huge Capitals fan. <laughs> and I can tell you he was devastated by the trade. So that tells me that the Capitals fans uh thought the Bruins did pretty well out of all this. And they got the picks and they're rebuilding. And they, if you're the Bruins to heck with the picks. This is right. all about going all in now. And as much as what they do on the ice, it gives the 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 signal to the room that we are all in. We have gone for it here. We've given you everything we think you need. Uh, go win a championship, and I, you know, I don't agree. I know people have said if you don't win it all. I think uh, Chris Gasper wrote in the Globe: if you don't win it all, it's been a failure of a season. I don't know about that, but you got to win the East. You got to at least make it to the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, anything short of that is a disappointing end to a great season. So the pressure's internal, the pressure is external. But the first day you step on the ice in the postseason, uh, these Stanley Cup playoffs begin. The pressure is there, and they have not dealt with anything like that in months.
0: TC, maybe a little head versus heart for you in playoff action this week into the weekend. We got UVM Men's Hockey against UMass in the Hockey East playoffs. We got UVM Men's Basketball against uh, UMass Lowell Saturday morning in the America East Championship game. Are you going with your, your local teams or are you going with your adopted Vermont home in these matchups?
1: But wait a second now, UVM's not playing UMass, are they? No, oh,
0: no, they're no. playing Maine. Sorry, that's yeah, your real homeland.
1: You. Well, there you go. So then I got my uh, my homeland versus my adopted homeland. UMaine's been on a tear, too. The Black Bears have really come storming in. Uh, it's interesting you said UMass because you know, UMass had a disappointing season, and uh, yeah. they take on Boston College, which is two teams that thought they were going to be up near the top of it. And one the 8-9 matchup. Yeah. One of them's going to be done tonight. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't root for anything. I got to call these games next weekend and uh, whoever doesn't make it, I'll never hear the end of it. So I just, I root for a good game. That's all. Is that, is that fence straddling enough for you?
0: Well, you could have given us a basketball prediction, at least you're not calling those games. I
1: like UVM basketball. I'll give you UVM basketball. Sure. I'm all in all I'm, right. not, I'm not calling that game. I, my wife's a UVM alum, so you know we we root for the catamounts and uh, and <clears throat> even though I got attacked by a cat down here the other day, uh, but that's a whole <laughs> different story. Uh, but yeah, no I, I, i'm go- I'm going to root uh, unabashedly for uh, the catamounts in basketball. I I will not tell you who I'm rooting for in hockey. I do have a a very selfish reason to be rooting for games, but it's all about lining things up so that the four teams I've seen the most during the season at Frozen Fenway and the Beanpot can all make it through (laughs) to the semifinals because those are the teams I have all my notes ready to go on if UVM or Maine were, were to make it through to the Final Four, I got a lot of work to do. So from a well, lazy uh, spring training perspective, <laughs> uh, I, I need BC to get through to the, uh, the Final Four. Okay?
0: Well, UVM hoops against UMass Lowell, 11 a.m. on Saturday against Patrick Jam. I'll be there in person in D.C. I know you'll be watching. Oh, good view.
1: you. 11 a.m. <clears throat> I love those. Uh, and did you know what I hate? Did you see the Merrimack uh, deal last night? They won uh they won their their
0: don't even tournament. go to the tournament don't can't even play in the tournament if you can't win it
1: year why four years i know rick Patino went on twitter and said if you win your conference you should be able to go through it's about but four years is too much why do you have to wait four years after going there two years is enough it's ridiculous. two years enough an entire class right an entire recruiting class in every one of your sports was ineligible to go to the ncaa tournament and they've won i know soccer won their conference basketball one their conference last night it's ridiculous
0: I agree with you TC there we you appreciate go. it and uh enjoy the rest of spring training and then you know next week you'll be still down there or you're coming back north for hockey
1: next week I will be uh you'll have me at the airport I'll be coming back oh. for hockey uh next Wednesday and then uh and then we're up there for the hockey's tournament and then I'm back down here that Sunday so I get like three and a half days back home
0: <laughs> TC we appreciate it we'll talk next week
1: all right thanks Brady.